You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. God has blessed us with just another absolutely gorgeous day. Mars, can you move the studio outside? Good grief. It is absolutely fabulous. And it looks like we're going to get a few more of these. But um, I know I can't speak for you, particularly you, because if they had 55 rounds of the draft, you'd still be watching it. And I can't speak for Christian, but I can speak for Matt. And I'm about ready to go from... The NFL draft to draft beer because uh, man, I'm drafted out. I'm going to let you talk. I mean, I'll talk about it, but I don't think I could watch another round. Could you? Oh, of course. <laughs> can't, can't, can't get enough of it. You want to see who those gems are in rounds five, six, and seven. Um, guys who uh, will ultimately, you know, be a major play a major role in in the roster i mean it's you know to me and you know christian could correct me but it's the most important round of the draft is not round one i mean i i really think the 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 core of your roster is going to be you know two three four five and um and you know can you find uh quality starters or, or guys who haven't reach their potential yet in those rounds. And and that's why it's impossible to give grades to teams right after the draft. You need to wait three years to see who those uh, fourth and fifth round guys are who will come out and, uh, and, and make, um, you know, make, make an impact. And, um, so it, I, I found it fascinating. Uh, I was a little surprised that a, a couple Alabama guys didn't get drafted. Um, and I think they could go on to have uh, very productive NFL careers. I'm specifically thinking of Eli Ricks. Uh, I know his, his 40 time was a little disappointing, but he is, um, you know, he's got the, 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 he's got the prototypical size, big corner. Um, and, you know, before the season started last year, uh, a lot of people who, uh, I trust had him pegged as a potential top 10 pick. Um, and, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't get drafted, but he got picked up as a free agent. Uh, but, uh, Christian, what, what was it like for you? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you spent much time watching the draft, uh, if you're intrigued by that anymore, having gone through the process. All right, Matt. Uh, so Matt, you're, you're over it, huh? It looks like Matt's so, so over it. He, he left the call. Oh, here he comes back. Matt, are you, are you over the draft? I don't know what happened. <laughs> There's a booger bear on my phone. I mean, I just looked down. Maybe the maybe my cat did it. 
<laughs> but uh, just a couple of uh, observations here. I'm assuming you, you finished your first thought on the draft. Yeah. Um, did you say anything about um, Philadelphia becoming the Georgia of the North, I guess, and Houston becoming the Alabama of the Midwest, Southwest? <laughs> No, I no go. Feel free to uh, to well, light I the just, fuse on that one. But well, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, drafted several players from Alabama. I mean, they didn't they take Tyler Steen? Uh, I think they took somebody else in a ladder round. So um, it just goes to show you on, on a much broader platform here, Lars, how BA Alabama and Georgia are. They both had ten drafted. That was the top number. And we're starting to see Georgia scattered around the NFL like Alabama is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 that reflects what a great job Kirby Smart Absolutely. is uh, is doing in, in recruiting. And, um, you know, he's in, – in, in so many ways, Georgia has, has like, it become the new Alabama – Right. And, uh, and, and now I, I mean, I think you certainly could make the argument, the fact <laughs> Georgia's won the last two national championships that Alabama is really chasing Georgia. Um, and so, uh, again, uh, uh, you, you see a lot of teams in the NFL that are successful. And, and I don't know if this is necessarily a new trend. But they're drafting guys from big programs. They're drafting guys. They like guys from the SEC because they've played against the best of the best. And when in doubt, go to the tape. Don't, don't, don't be fooled by the, the, the test scores. Don't be fooled by the private workouts. Just go back to what you see on tape. And, um, and I, I know that that has, uh, that's a philosophy that has worked for a lot of teams and, 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 and the, just the fact that you had so many Alabama and Georgia guys drafted and Ohio State, um, again, just shows that the, 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 I think the three best programs in the country, uh, they're the three best programs in the country for a reason. They got the best players <laughs> and the best yep. coaches who can do the recruiting. And, uh, and that certainly showed up, uh, this weekend for the draft. Okay. You probably heard of this guy. I hadn't until this morning. Have you ever heard of Clayton Tune? T-U-N-E. No. Okay. I don't feel so dumb. Uh, He's a quarterback at Houston, and uh, he was picked up by the Cardinals in the fifth round, to which he immediately responded, uh, I'm the best quarterback in this draft. I'm going to be the best quarterback. <laughs> Bryce, Levis, AR, all that. Do you like it when a guy speaks up like that, or is he just trying to get clicks? I like I like the confidence. You know, um, and I, I think I don't think anybody is going to really, you know, fault him for it. Um, you, you want players who are are confident and uh, he certainly showed that. Um, yeah, let me just go over a few Alabama players sure. who uh, didn't get picked. And, I, and I'm a little surprised, uh, starting with Emil Echior. 
Uh, he ended up uh, signing as a free agent with the Colts as a guard. Um, remember that he was a three-year starter, uh, and he chose to return to Tuscaloosa in 2022 for his fifth season. Led the team in knockdown blocks uh, with 31. He only allowed one sack, nine pressures, and eight quarterback hits. Lars, let me interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Would he have gone higher or had been drafted last year? Uh, I, I can't answer that. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't think he necessarily got any bad advice uh, to return for his senior year. But I think he has a legit shot to win uh, a job with the Colts, even though the Colts really do have one of the best offensive lines in the country. Or, I'm sorry, in the in the National Football League. Um, and and suddenly, man, if the Colts can get anything out of Anthony Richardson, this is a team that can be very dangerous because their offensive line is so. Good. I agree. Um, and they got Jonathan Taylor at running back, arguably the best back in the league. Um, they could go from a team that was just pretty much irrelevant or has been irrelevant for the last few years to a team that could make some noise. Uh, DJ Dale, a little surprise he didn't get drafted. Defensive tackle. Um, he uh, got picked up by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I mentioned Eli Ricks. Uh, he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and it took him a while to get into the rotation at Alabama. Um, he played in the nine of Alabama's last 13 games, started five of the last six. Um, and then, uh, you know, just... He didn't make the impact we all thought he would. I mean, just so many people had him penciled in as a all-American all and and a high draft pick. But but Ricks is somebody who um, I think really could uh, do pretty well in the NFL just because of his his size and 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 again his his at pro day his forty time was not great. I mean that's what kept him out of the draft. It was over. It was four six something. Wow. Um, which was a surprise. Um, you had uh, Kendall Rudolph, offensive lineman. Uh, he he had, had played six years at Alabama, um, and uh, he appeared in 53 games. He went to the Seahawks. And uh, then Jalen Moody, linebacker, he uh, ended up going to my Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and so... Uh, as of right now, those are, are all of the uh, free agents who, who signed, and, and typically these guys do sign right after the draft. And and you know, I think once you get into the seventh round, if you're a player, and again, Christian could talk to this more than me, it's almost like you would rather not get drafted, so you can pick and choose your own team, go to a place where you think you have the best opportunity to make the team. And, um, and so, uh, and so we'll, we'll see how many of these guys actually end up sticking on rosters or, or practice squads, but I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of them do. I was very surprised that Dwayne McGride, the running back out of UAB, was selected 222nd. Vikings picked him up, but 
I just think he's got the durability and the speed. And, gosh, he put up some great numbers. Granted, it was UAB, Conference USA, that kind of stuff. But I still think he is going to – he has the potential to be a really good NFL running back. You're the draft guy. Did that surprise you that he didn't go maybe in the third? Yes. Yeah. I um, I certainly thought – that he was going to go much higher. Um, you just you, you look at uh, his uh, you know size five ten to two hundred ten pounds, uh, ran a four five, and you know he was one of college football's most productive running back. Got a very muscular frame. Uh, can create yards after contact. Um, I, I think the issue with him is uh like can he play on can he be a third down back right can he can he be a good job at protecting the quarterback and also can he uh catch balls out of the backfield and and i think that was sort of the the one thing that um that that kept him from being uh kept him from being a higher pick but um yeah, I, I think uh uh you know there's I, I you know I love watching the last uh, two days of the draft because uh again it's it's it, one it goes by a lot faster, right? <laughs> that that, yeah, that first great. round could just drag on and on and on. Gets old. But um uh I think uh you know again that's where the core of your roster is going to come from. Uh, that's when you make your money, really on that second day, right? When it's uh, the second round and, and, and the third round and see if you can hit on guys. Hey, we got a lot more to talk about with the draft. Uh, not a good weekend for the Birmingham Stallions, but what a fantastic game it was until late when the Breakers put the cap on it. But uh, still think they're the two best teams in the league. Um, also, NASCAR's running right now. I'm watching it on the television. Lars, we'll be back with more Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. Two 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Based in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. 
100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful afternoon. The sky's sunny, the high 71. Clear tonight, below 45. Sunny weather continues tomorrow and Wednesday. Highs between 71 and 74. And Thursday, the sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Lady, as your best interest at heart 24-7. Show's brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Lars, I was just doing a little surfing while we were in our commercial break. Do you have any idea how many draft rounds there were in 1960? 1960. You weren't even born, so I don't No, know. I wasn't. I'm going to guess 22. Wow, great guess. 20. Yeah. Um You know, the first pick <laughs> I wonder how many I wonder how many 20 round picks actually made it on the rosters. I don't know. Uh I know God, we heard about it time and time and time and time again. Um that was back a few years later. A guy named Bill Curry was drafted last by the Colts. And, of course, he went on to have a very, very good NFL career. And we heard about it every news conference. Okay. <laughs> kind of kidding. Uh, this Okay, just as I'm doing this uh, research, 1965 first-round draft pick, a guy named Tucker Fredrickson. He turned out to be pretty darn good. So, and by the way, he was from uh, – he went to Auburn. So, anyway, uh, back to the draft. Any other – any other observations from your point? I want to take it in just a slightly different direction. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, just that I went back and looked at just how much Houston gave up to get Will Anderson. And it's a king's ransom. I, I, I just I never would have done that. I, I, I value draft picks and draft capital too much um and it, it's uh, really amazing i mean they obviously wanted um uh they obviously wanted will very very much um and he's already uh the favorite to win uh the nfl's rookie of the year but it, it was just uh really a, a jaw dropping jaw-dropping uh, uh, haul that, that they had to um, give up. Uh, but, yeah, they threw it really just threw a curveball at everybody. And, and, um, and but, you know, they, they very well may have their franchise quarterback in C.J. Stroud. And they might uh, also uh, have their – you know, pass rushing, uh, elite defensive end slash linebacker for the next, uh, three or for, I'm sorry, for the next decade. Um, but just, you know, from going from 12 to three, um, they had to give up, uh, just in this year's draft alone, uh, the number 33 overall pick. Their first round pick in 2024, a third round pick 
in 2024, uh, fourth round pick this year. So wow, uh, that's it's a lot. It's a lot. And if it if it doesn't work out, um, you know that <laughs> uh, the, the, the general manager and the coach will be gone um, quickly. And I I don't know. Will Anderson didn't have the year we thought he was going to have. Is that fair, Matt? Yes, it is. But he, you know, to be fair, too, he was double and triple teamed a lot. Yeah, I agree. I've already seen mock drafts for next year that have Dallas Turner going like three overall. And I know we really shouldn't pay attention to mock drafts uh, a year out. But clearly there is a, a high regard in the NFL for Dallas Turner. And you're right. When Dallas Turner uh, went down with an injury, it really put the focus of, uh, of offensive teams on, you know, double teaming uh, Will Anderson uh, and, and, you know, chipping in with a running back or a tight end and, uh, and just doing everything they can to keep him away from the quarterback. Well, I also look on the other side. They could end up with the offensive and defensive uh, rookies of the year. Yeah. I think that's a lot more likely with Anderson than it is with Stroud. Because um, Stroud has, to be honest with you, he's got a longer way to go. I mean, um, Anderson, you're talking about proof in the tape. Not maybe necessarily 2022, but go back a couple of years. You remember when we were raving about him back in our old studios when we were with Jay. We were raving about him when he was a freshman. Yeah, he's um, special. And I didn't, I knew he was going to be a great player. To be honest with you, I, I wasn't convinced at that time he was going to be a third round pick in a couple of years. But just, he is so easy to like. The picture of him with the Texans, uh, his sound bites with Goodell, uh, or, you know, on stage, his presence. He, he's just a very likable guy, just like Bryce. But yeah. Yeah. It, one other Alabama pick that caught my eye, obviously, was Jordan Battle, uh, who the Bengals were able to get at the bottom of the third round. And uh, Zach Taylor, uh, the Bengals head coach, in his press conference, he was just giddy about Jordan Battle. Oh, uh, he said that, that he was literally there. The Bengals didn't have a huge need at safety. Uh, but they just couldn't pass on him because he was their highest graded safety. He, they had a first first round grade on him, and to get him uh, at the bottom of the third, uh, they just uh, it, it took them about <laughs> about two seconds to turn that pick in. All right, let me uh, go back at you on that one, Lars. Did Jordan Battle have the kind of year you expected? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean. Really? Uh, you know, his, his stats weren't off the charts, but uh, you go back. I mean, he made so he made a lot of nice plays. Um, you know, I, I know that 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 branch probably got more attention and in an uh, overshadowed battle. But um, you know, they're getting a guy who Cincinnati is uh, someone who's made a, a lot of starts in the SEC, played at a really high level. Um, you know, he doesn't have, uh, like elite, elite, elite straight line speed, but he's got tremendous just like feel of, uh, you know, of, of, of just, uh, reading the quarterback. He has a very high football IQ. Yeah. Incredibly high football IQ. 
And so uh, they're going to pair him with uh, Dax Hill, who they uh, drafted in the first round last year. And, uh, yeah, I think I think Jordan Battle is a starter from day one, and that's pretty much what Zach Taylor said. Um, a year ago, if you'd asked me, I would have thought Battle had gone ahead of Branch um, in the NFL draft. That didn't ha- happen. Hey, we need to go break because uh, nobody can dive into this further than uh, Mike Rodak. I'll just let Mike and Lars take over for 15 minutes. <laughs> By the way, as we roll into the break, I'm just looking back to 1965. And the first player selected, I'm going to give you the top 10, top 14 picks. This, this is just Hall of Fame times five. Tucker Fredrickson was the first pick. Ken Willard, remember him for the 49ers? You may not remember any of these guys. The next two picks were Dick Butkus and Kale Sayer. Wow. Also in that first round, Craig Morton, Steve DeLong, Donnie Anderson, man, I loved him at Green Bay. Jack Snow, uh, Joe Namath, of course he went to the AFL, but Mike Curtis, that was in the top 14 in 65. Of course, if it was 1965, they'd still be drafting going on 20. Hey, when we get back, Mike Rodak from AL.com on the Big News Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Pick in and uh, Taylor came out and told the media afterward that uh, Battle most likely is going to be a starter from day one. Yeah, and that's not too surprising. You know, I think he's he's a solid player. Same sort of thing. It's like if you're going to be a first round safety, you have to be special. You have to have just traits that are very very hard to find. Um, Ed Reed, Earl Thomas, you know the the real safety safety that you think of. Those are the guys who are the first-round players. Battle doesn't really have that. He's a solid all-around player. I think he's good against the run. He's good against the pass. But he's not elite at anything he really does. So that's, you know, that's I think, where he should have gone. I know there were some projections last year kind of going into the season that had him as maybe a late first. That was high. I think, you know, late second, mid-third was, was kind of his sweet spot, and that's where he went. Which of the undrafted free agents do you feel has had the best opportunities to make the team? Um, you know, DJ Dale, actually, just having covered the Bills and kind of knowing what their situation is up there, there's a lot of uh, consternation about their defensive tackle position and kind of them being able to stop the run and kind of what the future is there because they have Ed Oliver, but his contract's up after the year. and I think all of their defensive tackle contracts are up. So 
they've been kind of looking for that next defensive tackle. I don't know if DJ Dale's going to be a starter in the NFL, but I think he's a guy who the Bills are going to want to keep around um, on their practice squad or maybe on the back end of their roster. Uh, because of next year, they're going to need some some guys. So honestly, I, I'd say him, even though Ekior, you know, I think was one of the higher rated undrafted free agents. Rex was was obviously one of the higher rated undrafted free agents. I think just from a a need standpoint, and the Colts had a a rough offensive line last year. Like Ekior could find a role there, but I think the Bills might keep around DJ Dale. That's that's my early thought on that. And then besides Bryce, who do you think out of this draft class is going to have uh, – well, let's, sorry, let's exclude Bryce and Will because those are probably the, the clear favorites. But out of, outside of those two guys, who would you say has the next best NFL career? Ooh, that's a good question. I think Branch. You know, again, I think if you put him in the right role and you're not asking him to do things that he's not, you know, maybe specially trained to do – I think he could have a long career doing what he's doing um, for the Lions, you know, kind of playing in the slot, playing close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, there's, you know, most of the NFL is playing in sub packages 90, 95% of the time now. Um, and you're covering tight ends, you're covering slot receivers. Like, I think he can do well with that. Um, so it could be him. Um, it could also be a guy like Byron Young, who I think is just a solid defensive lineman, um, you know, playing in a 3 4 maybe as, as an end kind of being a five technique guy, like he could have a long career doing that. I don't know if he's going to put up Hall of Fame sack numbers, but I think he could do that for a while. Hey, we need to take a break, Mike, but I'm not done. Can you hang on for another 10, 12 minutes? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Okay, good. Uh, I didn't know if you had interviews lined up or whatever, but uh, we've got several more questions concerning the 2023 National Football League draft. And we'll pick that up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Down Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders. We are here. Working hard for you. In an effort to provide you with. Excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205 205- 792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Work is a part of all of us. 
Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imagined and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful afternoon. The sky's sunny, the high 71. Clear tonight below 45. Sunny weather continues tomorrow and Wednesday. Highs between 71 and 74. And Thursday, the sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Christian Miller and our guest from AL.com is Mike Rodak. Uh, Mike's time here is just a little bit limited, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to heed the floor to Lars and Christian. Uh, Mike, are you surprised that there was no transfer of uh, either quarterback, um, Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow, this weekend? A little bit, yeah. You know, it's a situation where. It's different than the NFL. The NFL, you draft a Bryce Young, then you can trade somebody or cut somebody or, you know, kind of balance it out. College, it's up to the player. And so uh, in this particular instance, it seems like Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson still feel good about their chances of winning the starting job. Obviously, Tyler Buckner comes in feeling good about his chances of winning the starting job. Otherwise, he want to be here. And it kind of becomes a little bit of a stare down um, on, I mean, who blinked first or who will blink first. And, you know, I, I would still lean towards Tyler Buckner getting the starting job because ultimately Nick Saban's seen a lot of Jalen Miller over the last two plus years. He's seen 17 months now of Ty Simpson and he still went out and decided to get Tyler Buckner. And I think every transfer portal addition that Alabama has made, the last couple of years, he's brought that player in thinking he's going to make a big impact. And he's even said that in some cases it hasn't worked, you know, Eli Ricks or Tyler Harrell, but in a lot of cases it has. So I don't think he's just bringing in Tyler Buckner for the fun of it, just to push these guys or motivate them or be a backup. Like, I think this is a, a guy who legitimately will have a chance to start. But if, if I'm Miller or Simpson, I might be looking at it as I, I still think I can beat this guy or I still think I can beat each other, you know, those two guys. So, um, that's kind of where it's left, and there's five quarterbacks on the roster, and they've only carried three the last couple of years. So this is this is going to be a little bit different. From what you've seen, I know it's a small sample size, really, out of all of these guys. But who would you say, as of now, from what we've seen, gives Alabama the best uh, chance to to win next season at quarterback? It, it's I, I still lean towards Simpson. You know, I think the the problem with Buckner is shown to be turnover prone. He's had a lot of interceptions. That was Saban's problem with what he saw from the quarterbacks this spring was the big mistakes. And we saw that from Bill Rowe on, in the spring game, probably more than Simpson. So and I still think if you're going to win in college football in 2023, you're going to need to do it through the passing game, you know, through your quarterback, which even Georgia did last year. I don't think Stetson Bennett got enough credit for that. Um, and I think Simpson, the ceiling on him as a passer, I think, is certainly higher than Milrow. It hasn't seemed to come along totally with Milrow yet, so I would still lean towards Simpson. I just haven't seen enough of Buckner to really have a great feel on him yet. So, Mike, hang on, hang on. Mike's got to go, y'all. Mike's got to go. Um, 
Can you give us uh, your information on where people can find you, follow you? Yeah, yeah, AL.com and on uh, Twitter at Mike Rodak. I'm sorry I couldn't stay longer, guys. I have to run in this case. Oh, oh, thanks. Thank you so much for your time, Mike. I appreciate it. You got it. Uh, have a good one. Thank you, Mike. Uh, this is probably more my area of expertise when it comes to the NFL draft. So I'll ask you all real briefly. What did you think about the overall presentation? Kansas City, the rock bands, the dancing. Um, I'll tell you one thing, because I, I was not really impressed with all that stuff. It seems like we've just gone overboard with it. But i tell you one thing I really do like that they do is that they include children. And they, there was one Tampa Bay group uh, in, I think, Afghanistan that did the pick. I really, really like that. Just, Lars, first with you, Christian, you follow. Do you like the television theatrics of it all? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, it, it's it's better than uh, just you know how dry it used to be with um, you know back in the in the eighties. I mean, I was so into it in the eighties. Um, I would convince my mom to let me stay home from school. Remember the draft was during the week and I think it started at like nine o'clock and, and she would, she would call in and call in sick for me. And, uh, no, wow. I love like, I love like charting, you know, I was just a little kid, right? I just loved like charting all the picks and, and just seeing who was available. But, and, and, and to go from what it used to be when it was held, uh, at the, uh, Marriott Marquis, uh, there in the, the heart of Midtown Manhattan, just in the in the theater at the Marriott uh, or at the, 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 the Marriott Marquis, uh, to what it is now. I mean, I think Nashville a couple of years ago, uh, over the three days, had something like six hundred thousand people. It just becomes this huge party, and in a way to kind of showcase the city, um, and it's uh, it's become a huge. Uh, 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 boon to economic development and, uh, uh, just this huge infusion of capital into the city that gets to hold the draft. Um, and I, I like having the fans. I mean, I think there was like one kid from, uh, uh, maybe the Eagles, the Eagles fan just it was so into it. Um, just, you know. <laughs> Just, I think it was the Eagles, but like, hey, it's your moment on the stage, man. Just go for it. And the kid just let it rip. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I like having former players come back. Um, I think it was uh, Drew Pearson a couple years ago when he was in Philadelphia <laughs> went on this rant against the Eagles. And uh, there was another former cowboy who, uh, you know, went on a long sort of uh, rant uh, uh, this weekend. Um, so I, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's just like uh, it's just sort of like a, a guilty pleasure fun. So um, I, I'm all for it, Christian. Yeah, um, I, I think it's good. I'll be honest. I, I kind of just keep it. Uh, I keep up with it via the tracker. I, I don't. I, I watch, you know, the first round, and then um, I'll be honest. I really was watching the, the baseball series this weekend against LSU, and just kind of keeping up with the tracker. But from from what I've seen when I've watched it, I mean, I, I do enjoy having 
the former players come announce it. Uh, I really think it's cool having the Make-A-Wish kids up there. I could probably do without some of the random celebrities that come make the picks and they kind of yeah. make awkward, you know, uh, speeches that I don't know. Like one guy I think said he was buzzed off a of Bud Light before he made the pick. I'm just, as a player. Well, I'm um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is funny, I guess, but as a player, um, you know, you wait all your life for that moment. I'd be kind of bummed to, to have a drunk random celebrity, uh, announce my pick. Um, I'd be totally fine if a, a service man did it or a make a wish yeah. child did it. Um, but I'm just real, I'm just kind of, you know, conservative old school. I really would just wouldn't mind if it was just a simple, you know, announcement. But other than that, no, I, I think it's good. Um, when I went, uh, I didn't go to, the, uh, it was in Nashville when I was coming out, I'm pretty sure. Now I went before it was actually the day of the draft because I was doing an, an event with the NFLPA and everything that they had going on was really cool. Um, so from my experience, being there the day or two before it actually occurred was actually really cool. It was a very good experience. But, yeah, I think overall I think it's a good event, and it, it brings a lot more fun to it than if it was just Roger Goodell over and over and over. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I enjoy it. I mean, I could probably, probably could also do without some of the frivolous storylines they bring up about some of these guys. <laughs> It's like ESPN tries to find the most random things to talk about that have yeah. nothing to do with them as football players. Um, so some of that's kind of awkward to me. But other than that, no, I think it's good. Well, it sure did wonders for Kansas City uh, and gave them an opportunity to highlight uh, their city and what they do and their culture. And all of that was really, really cool. And I don't know if you watched every single pitch of Alabama LSU. It was a scary moment. When the Alabama catch. Oh yeah. Did you see that? Ow. Yeah. Yeah. I think he took a shot to like the throw and yeah. he seemed fine originally. Um, but then he, he like collapsed like not long after. Yeah. It was a very scary moment. Um, but fortunately I, I saw that they reported that he's doing a lot better and, uh, I think he's okay. And I'm pretty sure he traveled back now. Um, but yeah, very scary moment. Um, but man, they, they played well, Matt. Just, they just they, they would go up on them, yeah, and then they could not hold the lead. I mean, it was so frustrating. But I mean, again, there's some really good baseball being played. But man, I, I thought they could have at least got one win out of that series. Me too. That's kind of the way Bama season's gone all year. Anyway, hey, we got a scoop. We back in the second hour. Corey Miller join us on Big Noon Sports. Keeping their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Biori, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Work is a part of all of us. 
Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives. But it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. Every Friday made possible by Brian Harden Construction, ASME certification, I-beam installation, fabrication. If you're building for the ground up, let's build something together. We have a crane and we will travel, not just throughout our community, throughout the state of Alabama and our neighboring states. It's Brian Harden Construction, up to 320-ton cranes available Welding fabrication, reverse engineering, CNC machines, Brian Harden Construction here in Tuscaloosa off of Foster's Industrial Drive. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch. Catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Welcome back to the lovely Monday. Hope you had a nice Wonderful, wonderful day. By the way, Big Noon Sports with Christian, Matt, Lars, Joe is being brought to you by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage. Okay, guys, random stuff that has just popped in my old man brain as we enter our second hour here. Um, Cameron Latu was drafted when, where, to whom? Who, who can give me that information right off the top of their head? Third round of San Francisco. Golly, man, it's nice to have you guys around and think for the old guy. What do <laughs> what Well, that's like my Latu- little brother, so I, had to, I paid attention to that one. <laughs> uh, I think he's a steal. I really think he's going to play 10 years in the NFL. I don't see many downsides on you. Let me just go off on that real quick, ask you, Christian, then I'll come up with this goopy question or two. Is Latu the kind of guy that you think can, like I do, could probably play nine or 10 years in the NFL? 
Yeah, Matt. Um, I think a lot goes into that, you know, and you know, I was talking with somebody and then, and again, I, I think, oh, obviously you control what you can control, but what also plays a big factor is the situation that you're in, the opportunity that you have, you know, the, the team that you're on, uh, whether you're a good fit or not. And, um, obviously majority of it really is though your work ethic, your ability to transition to the next level. Um, you know, your ability to, to basically make plays because that's what it's about. They're paying you to make plays. So with all that being said, yeah, man, I, I think, uh, a lot of it's working in his favor. Not only does he have the skill set, the athleticism, um, and the work ethic, but also, uh, San Francisco has a great front office. Um, it's a great organization. And uh, I could see him sticking around and, and having a great career. Plus, the tight end position, those guys uh, are, are very, uh, most notably, uh, some of your, your biggest special teams contributors. So if he's able to, to contribute and, and make a difference on special teams as well, as well that'll only um, increase his odds of hanging around even further. But in terms of you know him making a difference on offense at the tight end position, I, I think he's a great pickup. Talking about a guy who started his career at outside linebacker, transitioned to tight end, so he hadn't even been doing it that long. That's the most impressive thing, and I'm pretty sure he broke uh, one of the records for uh, receiving touchdowns for a tight end while he was at Alabama. Um, so he's he, a guy that I feel like is just scratching the surface because he just got over uh, on the offense side of the football. So I see him developing even further, um, growing at the position. He's going to be behind George Kittle. You know, when you get drafted to a situation where you have a, a, a high caliber veteran in front of you that you can learn from, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's pivotal in your development, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's so crucial that you, you get into the, uh, it's the right system and the right fit, but you also have the right guys around you. And I think he's in a, a tremendous situation where he's going to learn from one of the best in the game, a guy um, who, who probably has a very similar skill set, a guy who's very athletic, but, you know, uh, is really good at blocking in the C area, but, can, you know, can uh, make plays with his hands and in the space. So I see him sticking around for a while, and I think he's in a very good position. And uh, I, I think he's definitely going to contribute heavily uh, to San Francisco. Christian, do you um, think that, that selecting uh, Cameron in, in, in the third round does that show just the kind of embarrassment of riches that San Francisco has on its roster? Um, not that he's necessarily like a backup tight end, right? Like he, uh, I'm sure they will run plenty of uh, formations where they're going to have two tight ends, but, um, what, what will his, and, and also what, what will his specialty be? Like, is he going to be more of a, a blocker or is it just, uh, is it just, you know, someone who can do it all? Um, your first point, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily about rich. I mean, you normally keep about at the bare minimum three tight ends on your roster. That's the bare minimum. Uh, so you can always use a tight end, especially in the NFL. You got to remember the NFL is my college where a lot of people are just using this air raid. The NFL, you know, heavily utilizes tight ends. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but, but two, I mean, I can't speak uh, exactly on how he'll be used, but I will say uh, San Francisco is known for a, a zone running team. Matter of fact, the Panthers literally tried to copy their offensive playbook in 2020 uh, to do that wide zone, right? The outside zone uh, style of system. Where, um, so they are known to run the ball. 
So he's definitely going to be expected to block. Uh, that's a non-negotiable. That's why you see George Kittle is, is honestly probably the best blocking tight end in the NFL or one of the best blocking tight ends. So they're going to ask him to block, which is fine because he was asked to do that at Alabama. Um, again, Coach Saban, uh, you're not going to get on the field at Alabama at tight end if you can't block. So he, he's already familiar with that. So he'll definitely be asked to block. Um, but he'll also be asked to kind of, you know, move around. Um, definitely make catches like any other tight end, but yeah, so uh, probably a very similar role is uh, to what you see with George Kittle. Um, obviously, you know, he'll be in if they got two tight end sets or, you know, if there's injuries, but, um, again, I, I think whatever you've seen out of George Kittle and those tight ends that San Francisco has, very similar role, um, which you've seen George Kittle line up in the backfield. You see him with his hand in the dirt and sea area. Uh, sometimes split out, so uh, he'll be moved around, but but definitely blocking is a priority there. All right, the uh, trivia on Latu. What does Cameron Latu and Moonlight Graham have in common? First of all, this is just so unfair because Moonlight Graham was a character in a movie before <laughs> Kristen was even born. But Lars, you want to take a shot at it? I'm, I'm not going to uh, lengthen this question. Moonlight Graham and Cameron Latu. You? Man, I don't even know. I'll be honest. I've never heard of Moonlight Graham. Um, have you ever seen the movie Field of Dreams? I have not. I, I'll be honest. I, I watch movies, Matt, but I'm I'm terrible with remembering names and actors and like I have a cousin who can literally spit out, you know, he can <laughs> say lines from uh, specific movies. He remembers everything. I'm just not one of those guys. So I'm, I have, I don't think I have well, a chance on this question. <laughs> you remember the more important things like when and where <laughs> Latu was drafted. Uh, <laughs> it's just a bizarre, it's a bizarre question. Um, Moonlight Graham was in, a character in this movie. It was originally in the book um, Field of Dreams, but uh, he played a pretty prominent role in the movie. Is played by Burt Lancaster, but both of them are from Chisholm, Minnesota. Okay, Matt just laid one wow. out there. Chisholm, Minnesota. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know Sam was born there. I, I mean, I knew he's uh, from Utah, or at least went to school there. Um, yeah, that's where he transferred. He was a D lineman or something, though, wasn't he? Well, no, no. So, no, he like I think he went to high school in Utah. Now he okay. always was that. Yeah, he always was at Alabama. Uh, he just was an outside linebacker in the same room as me. I was uh, a senior when he was uh, a freshman. Wow. And, yeah, yeah. So I, I know him very well. Uh, just seeing his growth and development um, has been awesome because uh, he definitely had some growing up to do when he was younger. He'd be the first one to tell you that. Um, but just seeing uh, where he's at now. And just how mature he is and, and see the man that he's become um, off the field is even more impressive than what he's done on the field. So like I said, I'm just, I'm proud of him and I'm, I'm excited for this opportunity because I think San Francisco is a phenomenal fit for him. And uh, I couldn't think of a, of a better fit for him, honestly. So I'm, I'm really glad that's where he went. Moonlight Graham. I need to get that quote from the movie there. We need to play that so I can just really hammer this thing to death. Find that for me, will you, Joe? <laughs> Lars, do you remember Moonlight Graham in the movie? You know what? I, I'm not a Feel the Dreams fan. I oh just, uh, well, I have back with more without Lars Anderson in just a moment. <laughs> really, you're not? 
No, no. Uh, I, I have trouble suspending disbelief when it is just so unbelievable. Okay, like, I need a little bit of uh, of the story to be rooted in reality, and uh, I just uh, field of dreams, not field of facts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. You can like what you want to. Not a big deal. I'm not a big Kevin Costner fan either. I, I had to work with Kevin once on a story, and it, it turned into an epic disaster. Well, it seems to me from what I've read about Yellowstone, which is a fantastic production, just one of the best uh, t- made-for-TV shows ever, uh, evidently he's kind of a tool. Well, I, I, I'm not going to comment uh, on, on that, but it was uh, he he was a challenging person to work with. I'll put it at, I'll leave it at that. When did you just become Mister Nice Guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that joke is above board and, and a little uh, little uh, between Lars and me. So anyway, um, other things that are happening in the world of sports. Let me blow through a couple of real. Close. I don't know if you watched the Birmingham Stallions and New Orleans Breakers. It was a great game, tied 24-24 to half. Most points ever scored in a new USFL game, but Birmingham couldn't hold on and ended up losing by a couple of touchdowns. Um, NASCAR is running at Dover right now. Ross Chastain is your leader. Um, let's see. Braves had two rainouts, two, in New York over the weekend trying to play uh, the Mets. And in fact, the first game on Friday was cut short by rain It by one out. I mean, it was a, it's an official game by one out, literally. But uh, anyway, Corey is coming up next. Right, Christian? Yes. I believe, yeah, he will be. Want to hear his take on the draft, too? You're listening to Big Name Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, to 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Goodfeet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Have you ever been in a car? 
is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to r and and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful afternoon. The sky's sunny, the high 71. Clear tonight, the low 45. Sunny weather continues tomorrow and Wednesday. Highs between 71 and 74. And Thursday, the sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Bet joins us. Of course, he is also the father of our Christian Miller. Um, I got to ask. I'm gonna go straight to. I think what everybody considers the biggest, um, the biggest surprise in the draft is uh, Houston uh, jumping on the third pick, giving away, as Lars described it, a king's ransom to Arizona. Uh, what did you think about the trade? And, and was there a winner or a loser as far as the teams involved concerned? You know that was a that was a uh, definitely a big leap uh, by the Texans, but again, as I look at it, Will Anderson may have been the best overall player to me, in my opinion, in the draft. I think you're talking about a person that's NFL ready, that is a plug and play. You don't know, talk about you know you teaching him, and he's got to learn, and got to gain weight, and get strong. This guy is probably the most NFL ready player in this draft, in my opinion. And you can't go wrong when you got a, uh, I think a guy that's going to, got the potential at least, if staying healthy, to be a Hall of Fame type player. He's old school, he's a throwback, he can rush the passer, he can play the run, he's a three down linebacker, you never have to take him off the field. I like the move, and I think when you, you know, you talk about the urgency to win, you know, they get CJ Stroud, second pick, I mean, so I like it. I, I think they won here because they want to win now. I mean, my wife's family lives in Houston, huge Texas. Fans and uh, they are so sick and tired of losing, and uh, they like the draft. They like what they did, um, so I love the urgency of it. I know what Lord is saying. You know, if it don't work out, then you're going to look at you know the whole Minnesota Viking Dallas Cowboy type situation, maybe, and the other team goes on to win Super Bowls. But I don't think it's the case here. I think uh, with these young players today and a guy that's really NFL ready, like uh, Will Anderson is, I, I love. Uh, the move, and I think it's going to pay dividends. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be interesting with talking a year from now, and if uh, the Arizona Cardinals hold the number one overall pick and select Caleb Williams out of USC, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I just think I just think they gave up way, way too much, but that's just me. Uh Corey, what uh, was there a, a, a team that really caught your eye that you thought did really well this weekend at the draft? You know, I, you gotta look at the Philadelphia Eagles, man. I mean, I, 
I mean, we should, should we call them the new NFL Georgia Bulldogs? I mean, I, but you got to like, man, what, what fell in their lap. I mean, this is a team that's already just went to the Super Bowl and really just was right there knocking at the door for winning that thing. And they lost some coordinators. They lost some players, especially on the defensive side. They were able to fill some of those needs, you know, getting Carter and getting his teammate, uh, you know, as well. And uh, the Eagles, to me, I, I mean, I think they did a great job. Uh, of drafting, and I think you know they filled every hole that they had, and and, and they got a group of veterans, and they got a group of some young guys, uh, you know, Kobe Dean's on, on that team as well from uh, a year ago's draft. I mean, listen, man, this this Eagle team is scary, and uh, and to me. They had the overall best draft. I think they filled everything, and they got great players. Now, on the flip side, is there a team that you feel like had one of the worst drafts? Maybe not worse, but just didn't come away um, with with you know, a lot of needs that they you know might need to filled. Right? Is there any team that you look at and just say, uh, I don't know how I feel about that one? My team. The New York football giants. I, I mean, you know, I don't know much about Banks, the cornerback. I, I just thought they need more help on the offensive side. I know they got Jalen Hyatt from Columbia, South Carolina, played at Tennessee. But he's not – I thought he's like the fifth, sixth best receiver in this draft, maybe even lower than that. I mean, you're talking about a straight-line guy that's got great speed. And I think he's a guy that got all sorts of accolades based on how he played against Alabama. I mean, I think that game against Alabama just just really pushed him up the draft charts. But I've seen this guy cover him in high school at Dutch Fork High School. I watched him, of course, at Tennessee. Uh, great college football player. I get that. But when you're talking about a guy just a straight line guy, and you know this as much as I do, Christian, I mean, those guys, you got to be a great route runner. You got to be able to separate. You got to be able to go across the middle and, and, you know, some of those bang routes, some of those dig routes and catch some tough passes, especially playing in this new now NFC East division that's very physical and tough. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't come away with the New York Giants draft going, Oh, I love this draft. Um, I don't. I, I think they, I mean, I don't think they really hit what they needed to hit in the draft, but we'll see. One thing I know about a draft, none of us are, are ever right. You never know which guy, especially those later round guys. Uh, I think you build your team the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round free agent. We've seen guys free agency never heard of getting guaranteed uh, money. Um, you know, so I think, you know, you just never know what happens. But as far as the, I don't know, the sexiness of the draft, the Giants didn't, didn't really appeal to me at all. Tell me which Alabama player dropped more than you thought and maybe one that uh, elevated themselves in the draft. Uh, you know, Brian Branch, to me, elevated himself later in the season. I, I mean, I I love the kid. I think he's one of them dudes, man, you can move him around. He can play on the slot, nickel, dime. Uh, he can be a box safety. He's very good uh, coming up, filling in gaps for, for run holes and things like that. I mean, he's a great tackler. He can cover, very physical. He's one of those guys that, like to say, Swiss Army knife. can do a little bit of everything. I think he helped himself tremendously late in the season, especially of the bowl game by playing in the bowl game. I think this is a situation we see a kid that really helped himself tremendously. I know everybody was talking about a battle, right, beginning of the year. Everybody, oh, this guy is a guy, first-round pick. Some people had a grade on him. Well, he dropped. 
and and I, I see why because I don't think he played well. I watched a lot of football games. You guys know this, man, and I was disappointed in him. I thought he took a step backwards. So I'll stay just right there. I think Branch elevated himself. Battle went down, although he's a very athletic kid, not extremely fast, um, not extremely physical. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But, but the Branch, man, I'm telling you, that, that's a baller right there. That's my, that's my kind of dude. And I think he's a kid that stayed around and, and, and played in the bowl game, really helped himself. You mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles and um, the, the fact that they were able to get uh, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, out of uh, Georgia at pick number nine. And, uh, you know, a lot of people had him sort of as the number one overall talent uh, in this yeah. draft. Um, he slid because of off the field stuff. And I mean, there's even reports that Georgia coaches were just, they were kind of done with him. Um, what do you think needs to be done in Philly to make sure? And I, and I love this if you can base it on your own experience, just to make sure that he sort of stays on the correct path. I mean, will it help? That he has so many Georgia former Georgia teammates in that locker room. No doubt. I mean, that, that's going to help him a lot. I mean, tremendously. So you're talking about familiarity, guys that he plays with, guys that want the best for him. You know, they want to continue to, to have great things to say about the University of Georgia. That's going to help. But then other veterans. I mean, other veteran guys that uh, that uh, will help this young man, teach him how to be a pro. And that's a big deal because, you know, I think that gets lost today. I know when I came into the league, you know, with a veteran football team, of course, just won the Super Bowl. You know, we had veteran guys that will take me under their wing. And, and really even not just defensive guys, but it was guys, you know, like O.J. Anderson. Well, I owe, owe a lot to a guy that said, hey, man, I'm going to teach you how this thing works in New York City. There's going to be a lot of distractions, you know. Uh, and he told me a lot of great things, and I watched him and then became great friends with him. He showed me how to be a pro. And I think you're going to need those types of guys around Carter. You know, hey, you got a lot of money. You got a lot going on in, in, in downtown Philly. You know, you, you can go right over to New York to the city and be back on your day off. All those, you got to make good decisions. You got to now show yourself to be worthy of this pick. And I think a guy like even Jalen Hurts, I mean, uh, a guy like that can really, really uh, help him as well. So I think he'll he'll be fine. Uh, and I think they got some good veterans on that football team that can, you know, put their arm around the young man and, and help him get past. And I think when you see the emotion, Lars, you, you can tell what he was going through. You can tell this guy had a lot of weight on him. He, he was crying, man. There, all this awful stuff being said about him. And he dropped, you know, down. He lost some money based on some of his decisions he made. I, I, I really pray and hope a young man like this can turn things around. Uh, he's, a, he's a phenomenal talent. And uh, he's got an opportunity to have a wonderful career. And I think the Eagles have a good group of people there that will help him get past some of those uh, situations he dealt with in the past. As a player that was drafted, uh, what was the transition like for you? And if you could offer any advice for these guys that just heard their name called or even uh, that just signed an undrafted free agency deal, um, they're finally getting a chance in the NFL, what advice would you offer them uh, to give them the best chances to have success transitioning to the next level? 
Well, you know, just the, the work ethic. Um, you know, you got to work around the clock. It changes now. It's just a business. You, you got to approach it as such. Um, you can't think of it as just fun, fun, and let me buy the jewelry and let me get out here and, and do all these stupid things. You know, you have to. It's a job, man. It's just a, it's a 50, 60, 70 hour a week job. And you got to approach it that way because every day, you're in that locker room. They're bringing somebody in. They're working somebody else out. Somebody get cut. Somebody gets released over here. Teams are always looking to upgrade and be better. And you have to be better. You have to look at the worst part of your game and attack that and say, I, I need to be, master the, the weaknesses that I have, and i got to continue to keep the things I'm doing well, continue to make those things better. And uh, I, I think, you know, surround yourself with the right guys, as I mentioned, you know, in that locker room that – can help you, can tutor you, that can give you some great advice, and stay locked in. Because if you don't, NFL means not for long. I mean, it's just a tough business, cutthroat. We've seen it. Uh, you know, I don't care what you've done even. I mean, look what Lamar Jackson had to go through to get a contract. Look at, you know, what Saquon Barkley is going through with the Giants. I think they're open talking again. So you know that this is nothing but business, man. And, and you can be there today and celebrating and partying with your friends and all that. This is good. But, man, it's time to go to work. Because if, if you don't work, I can tell you one thing. I see many dudes. Many talented players in almost a decade in that league, you know, come in the next morning, their locker cleaned out uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> so you got to be smart. You got to understand this business is not for long. Maximize every opportunity that you have. We're going to go to a break, but as we go in, just a couple of facts on Corey Miller. Um, what was the actual year you were drafted? What round and how many rounds were there when you went into the NFL? 1991, six-round pick, and they were 13 rounds, I believe. 12 or 13 rounds uh, when I came out. Well, you sure made the most of it, Corey. Um, hey, well, can they, you hang around? They called me one of those gyms. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Right, they called me a six-round gym. And you're listening to Big Men Sports, brought to you by, presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here. Working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The gun Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Anderson, Bill Gaither's at the controls, and on the phone from South Carolina, I'm assuming, is Corey Miller. Uh, Corey, I want you and Christian to both to react on this because you both played on that side of the ball. But I've been a really big fan of Henry Toa Toa ever since he transferred from Tennessee. Did he go too low, too high? Christian, I'll start with you. You're a linebacker. Where do you think about where he where he placed in the draft? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say, Matt. I mean, I, I think it's about where it is. I mean, you're talking about a guy with a plethora of SEC experience, very productive in his years, both at Tennessee and Alabama, a little bit undersized. Um and so that could be why, you know, he wasn't as coveted. But I think, you know, mid-round, fifth round um, is about right. And, uh, you know, he's going to a, a team where the head coach is a former uh, inside linebacker uh, who also played at Alabama. So I think it's a good fit for him. Um, and he's talking about a guy that, that played a lot of special teams. Um, so he's going to be asked to do that in the NFL. I think a majority of his at least first couple of years will be on special teams. Um, as he kind of feels his way around uh, the league. But, yeah, I, I think fifth round uh, is about right for him. What's it like? Yeah. Um, just, uh, sorry, real quick, guys. Um, what's it like for undrafted free agents uh, coming in? And uh, do they have to sort of – do like just absolutely everything right in order to stick and get the attention of the coaches. Um, and, uh, and, and I assume you would rather be an undrafted free agent than go in the seventh round. Is, is that correct? Cause you get a, you get to pick a spot where you think you have a better chance to make the team. Do you want to go back and finish yeah. that real quick, uh, Henry? Or yeah, I do you would, agree with that? Oh, I'm no, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I dropped yeah, it. No, no, it's, it's fine. I, I, I would definitely say to answer Lars' question about a free agent, if you get that to the seventh round, I would much rather be a free agent because you have more opportunity. Now, your agent can find a team in the best spot for you, right, that you get a be- the better opportunity uh, to make the team. But now, as I mentioned earlier, guys, I mean, I mean the quarterback was Cunningham from Louisville. Uh, they got a $200,000 guarantee and a $30 signing bonus uh, because New England liked him so much. Um, so now guys are getting better opportunities. And we talked about the rounds. Matt was alluding to that when I played 13 rounds or 12 rounds, whatever it was, versus, you know, the seven now. These phrases have a, a great chance of making a team. And, yeah, it could be special teams or role players, but they have a great opportunity, which, you know, a guy like, you know, Tua Tua to me is kind of in that position. You're talking about a guy, Christian alluded to the special teams. You're talking about a guy that's undersized, but very, very smart. Uh, a, a football player that's going to be able to comprehend, understand, get guys lined up. May not be an every down linebacker, but I can see him playing in sub packages, meaning nickel and or dime packages, uh, putting him out there in coverage situations, still able to play the run versus, you know, 11 personnel, 10 personnel uh, offense where he could be effective. So, yeah, I mean, Today, Lars, man, you, everybody has an opportunity. I mean, everybody. It doesn't matter. You see guys that are free agents, uh, you know, make the team. A guy fifth, six, seven rounds don't make the team. So uh, that's because, you know, their agents are able to find them good opportunities and, and good fits. You know, the, the scheme that they fit in. Uh, you, can, you can look around the league and say, I fit this scheme better. They only got this guy on the roster. Well, I can I probably got a better chance. So being a free agent today isn't a bad thing. Back when I played, 
trade, it was a bad thing. I mean, if you couldn't get in those 12, 13 rounds, you probably had about slim to no chance uh, of making the football team. But today, uh, uh, you have a great opportunity. Yeah, to piggyback off of that, I mean, it's not like they have to do anything extra uh, to prove themselves. Because uh, at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. They don't give a damn if you were drafted or undrafted. If you're the best player, you're going to play and you're going to make the team. Uh, it, the only difference is the guys that were drafted, at least in, in the first half of the draft, they're going to pretty much kind of have the luxury of, uh, hey, we've got money invested in this guy. So it's going to be. We're going to give him a chance to kind of prove himself, right? So a guy drafted in the first four rounds, he might not necessarily be ready that first year, but they kind of already knew that and signed up for that. So he might have that luxury of still making the team because they invested that money into him. They see him uh, developing, and they want to see it through. However, as an undrafted guy, you don't necessarily have that luxury. So it's kind of like you have to be prepared to contribute ASAP. And uh, that's really the only difference. Other than that, it's not like they have to work harder. They have to do, I mean, really, again, uh, that's the really only difference is you just don't have that cushion of, hey, there's a lot invested in us. But uh, you're exactly right, kind of like what you and my dad were saying in terms of, yeah, I mean, if, if you're on the cusp of being a seventh round or an undrafted guy, you literally, the way it works is they'll sit down with their agent and they'll, they'll, they'll have a list of teams that are interested in signing you and you can, you know, comb through each individual team's roster, see who's the best fit for you, where you where you fit in. You know, oh, hey, I'm an inside linebacker. They only got three guys returning from last year. They drafted one guy. Uh, yeah, you have a really good shot there at least, right? Or a better a better opportunity there. And then, like he, my dad was also saying. I mean, I've seen now where undrafted guys, just like he mentioned, the quarterback. There also was another guy. I think it was a, a running back. Um, his agent negotiated a deal that was better than every single seventh rounder and some sixth rounders, if I read that right. So uh, it's really That's not. Correct. It's, it's that was a kid, out of, a kid out of Arizona, Arizona yeah. State, one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got a his deal was better than is most of the draft picks uh, in the later rounds. So yeah, I mean, it, nowadays it's just it's a lot better. Um, you know, a guy like Eli Ricks, I could see him definitely having a good chance. I mean, you look at Josh Job, he signed with the Eagles last year as an undrafted free agent, ended up making the team. Um, I think they like Eli Ricks' potential. And, I mean, again, you're talking about a, a tall, lengthy cornerback. I could see him being one of those guys that sticks around. I mean, even like a Savion Smith, another guy, uh, I think that went undrafted here, played cornerback, and he's with the Lions right now. So it's not the end of the world being an undrafted free agent nowadays, which is a good thing for a lot of football players. I just looked this up, and I'm going to get you guys to see if it sounds logical to you. But seventh-round draft picks estimated to make about three-quarters of a million dollars, 750000 Mr. Irrelevant plays, pays a lot in bonuses and benefits, but does that sound about right, $750,000 for a guy that's uh, going to go in the seventh round? Christian, I'll ask you. No. People, it doesn't? Yeah. No, no, not no. That might be including uh, if you average in their their rookie salary. Um, if you're talking about in terms of just a signing bonus, oh no, no, so seven hundred fifty thousand would be probably uh, around a fourth rounder signing bonus. Seventh rounder signing bonus is it, it diminishes to about maybe a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Which it, I'm not saying that like oh that's not a lot of money, but compared to these other 
contracts of NFL players and signing bonuses, that's not a lot of money. Obviously, for your standard citizen, that's a, a ton of money and it's a great opportunity. But yeah, the, the, the 750000 Matt, might be including the base salary. And uh, it used to be 400000 but I think it's up to about 750000 now. Um, uh, Corey, switching gears to uh, college football and the Alabama quarterback situation, I just want to, before dig into Alabama, I just want to mention a few guys, few quarterbacks, high-level quarterbacks from all around the country who entered the transfer portal within just the last few days. You have uh, Peyton Thorne at Michigan State. Uh, a starter there, uh, Casey Thompson at Nebraska. He was a starter there last year. Really good player. Uh, ben Bryan at Cincinnati, Brady Allen at Purdue, uh, Hayden Wolf at Old Dominion, uh, a kid named Grant Gunnell at North Texas, uh, another quarterback at Nebraska, Logan Smothers, and it just goes on and on and on. Uh, but in Tuscaloosa, everyone decided to stay. Even with the transfer uh, coming in, um, are, are you surprised, uh, Corey, that the quarterback room at Alabama remains unchanged now that the window has shut on the transfer portal and uh, and Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are right there with the kid who transferred from Notre Dame? Yeah, I'm not surprised, uh, Lars, because, I mean, you think about it, they've gone through spring uh, to try to transfer now and having to go learn another system. You're going to end up probably the same spot regardless, right? Uh, I don't think when you look at Ty Simpson, Taylor Milrow, uh, they're going to battle out in, in, in summer camp right before the season, and both of them are going to have an opportunity to play. And uh, and I think both those guys are in great shape, just going to battle and Neither one are scared of the competition, even with this guy coming in um, from uh, Notre Dame, who I watched play against South Carolina, I believe, uh, in the Gator Bowl. Uh, he, he brought Notre Dame back and won that game. Played very, very well the second half. He made some mistakes, threw some interception, but he came back and played phenomenal in the uh, second half. But to get the transfer from Wake Forest that goes to Notre Dame, beats him out. So it's like, man, it's round robin here. But I, I like it because now you get this kid that transfers in that knows the system already. One, he can help. He's not a better talent than, than neither of those two guys. I've watched him play very closely. But, but I think he probably feels like, hey, you know what? If things don't shape up right, I know the system. Maybe I can get an edge right here. And, uh, injuries happen. Maybe I get a chance to play here at Alabama. So I'm not shocked uh, at those guys staying around. I think they'll play this year out. Let's say if either one of whoever wins the job, uh, the backup probably is going to be out the next year. Uh, then you got, you know, the kid that's there maybe sliding up. So, you know, it's just crazy, man, how all these things are working right now. And um, uh, with this transfer portal, just, it's just almost too much, really. It's just, it, I get it, but it's just almost too much for me. These people are just jumping ship the way they're jumping ship. And, and, and a lot of times, guys... If they fall up on fall out on the, the wrong end of the things because they don't get any opportunity. You know, South Carolina got a couple kids, four star players at uh quarterback position that's transferring. Braden Davis to be one, somebody expecting another one coming up pretty soon. So it is what it is, man, it's the world of college football that we live in, right? 
Yeah, but they still line up playing our colors on Saturday. I think sometimes we need to really, really remember that. But yeah, it's there's a little bit of a mess in, in our favorite sport here. Um, hey, tell everybody as we go out here, Corey, how people can follow you, find you, because I know you're involved in media on several different levels. Yeah, I'm mean, you know at Pastor Payne fifty seven is my Twitter. Uh, I'm not playing paying for the blue dot, but it's me. Uh, but same thing on Instagram and Facebook, Pastor Payne at Gmail dot com. Uh, I'm around. I'm easy to find and uh, love being on with you guys. Great show. Appreciate y'all allowing me to come on and, and chop it up with you. And uh, looking forward to doing more with you. We'll talk again soon. I am quite certain of that. All right, as we go to break, our last break here on Big Noon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Um, Aaron Rodgers moving to New York. Uh, is he too far away? I'll explain in a moment. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful afternoon. The sky's sunny, the high 71. Clear tonight, the low 45. Sunny weather continues tomorrow and Wednesday. Highs between 71 and 74. And Thursday, the sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Wrapping up another edition of Big News Court. Matt Lars, Joe Christian, all here. I don't know if you guys read this. It's uh, kind of a non-story, if it is a story at all. I'll give you some quick thoughts on it, but... Uh, New York media is making a big deal about Aaron Rodgers and where he bought his apartment. He bought a $4 million apartment, but they're up in arms because it's an hour and a half drive to, um, what's the name of their stadium? Jets, uh, MetLife Stadium. Uh, gonna lean on Lars here because he lived up there. Um, he's an hour and a half away from the stadium in New Jersey. Is that a big deal driving? My answer to this question is be quiet. He's going to use a helicopter. I don't know about the the, the helicopter, but um, 
you know, he'll have a driver. And so uh, it, it's not that huge of a deal. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. He bought an apartment on the Upper West Side, which is where I lived. Uh, and uh, it... it, it, it it just depends on traffic. It's not necessarily an hour and a half. Uh, it could be as short as these uh, 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 20 minutes. Um, you, just, you, you never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I, you know, the the big time athletes in New York, um, for the most part, have a place in Manhattan. Like, you know, Derek Jeter, he lived on the Upper East Side and it was really easy for him to uh, just take. Uh, he actually rode the subway every once in a while up to Yankee Stadium um, and it wasn't that far of a commute. But, uh, you know, Aaron, uh, again, going from the Upper West out to uh, um, MetLife Stadium. It's it's really not that bad. I mean, I, I've made that drive myself many times, and it, it just depends on the traffic and the time of day. Uh, I, I don't know why fans are upset about this. I, I think the majority of the Jet players and the uh, Giant players uh, do live in New Jersey, closer to the facility. Um, but... Um, yeah, yeah. The, I, their facility is forty minutes. So the facility is forty minutes from the stadium already. So I don't think people are considering that. I mean, my uh, like I'm like very close with CJ Mosley, who plays with the Jets, and I don't think anybody on the team really lives in the city because that wouldn't make sense. You only play your games in you know in MetLife. The rest of the time you're spending at the the training facility, which is in like Florham Park, right? So that's already like forty minutes from MetLife. So I. If you subtract forty from from that hour and a half, right? It's, it's you know what I mean. It's it's a lot more it makes a lot more sense. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think that I think the media is just making it more than it is. But luckily, he has a driver and he doesn't have to walk. But if he did walk, I'd highly advise him to get some good feet art supports. Um, so if anybody out there is dealing with <laughs> if anybody out there is dealing with any pain, I've got a way to eliminate or alleviate that pain. Or if you're like Aaron Rodgers, you got to do a lot of walking. Um, head on over to Good Feet Store. It's in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa, or you can go online to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. So go check them out. Again, it's in Midtown Village, the Good Feet Store, or goodfeet.com. Improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. But yeah, guys, I, I, I don't, I really think, uh, the media is just kind of having fun with that one. I'm really excited to see Aaron Rodgers. I just saw a video actually of him at OTAs getting some reps. And, uh, I gotta say, he looks pretty good in that, in that it's not his uniform, but the Jets, you know, workout attire. He looks good already. I don't know, guys. You know, I'm, I'm a Packers guy, but I mean, I certainly have respect for Aaron Rodgers, if not more, but. I don't know, Lars. I see a Tom Brady occurrence in the making. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, I, I got a chuckle when he said that Aaron said he looked forward to working with the New York media. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> well, they're already picking at him. We'll be back in 22 hours. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.